the Academy Awards are upon us, and this is the annual Pop Culture Confidential Oscar Prediction Show. Hi, I'm Christina Jarling Biro. Welcome to the show. So, Sunday is the big night when movie award season has its grand finale, the Academy Awards, with this year's host, Jimmy Kimmel. And here at Pop Culture Confidential, it's fun to say that our prediction show has become an annual thing. Sasha Stone is back with us again. She's the journalist and blogger whose site Awards Daily covers film and TV all year round. But especially around awards season, they deep dive into the race. From statistics to trends to controversies, they cover it all. On this show, Sasha and I will take you on a most detailed ride through the whole awards race. The stats and the predictions, of course. During the season, there are many big award shows that are precursors to the Oscars. Shows that we refer to here on the interview. Like the Golden Globes and the BAFTA, the British Academy of Film and Television Arts. And then the many Guild Awards, the Actors Guild, for example, SAG, or Cinematography. We also talk about the preferential ballot system. The Best Picture category is now up to 10 films. It's previously been five. And the Academy votes using a preferential ballot. So instead of choosing one winner, they rank the Best Picture nominees in order of preference. And those votes are tabulated and redistributed until an ultimate winner is selected. This makes for some interesting developments the past few years. And what a year this is. Here are some of the nominees at this year's Oscar race. At some point, you gotta decide for yourself who you're gonna be. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. You're a computer at NASA. They let women handle that sort of... Yes, they let women do some things at NASA, Mr. Johnson. And it's not because we wear skirts. It's because we wear glasses. How's Patrick doing? Well, he doesn't really open up with me. Do you actually have sex with these girls? Strictly basement business. What does that mean? It means I'm working on it. I'm starting to remember a life I'd forgotten. You okay? I had another family. A mother. A brother. I can still see their faces. A man is supposed to take care of his family. You live in my house, fill your belly with my food, put your behind on my bed because you're my son. It's my duty to take care of you. I owe a responsibility to you. I ain't got to like you. Now, I don't give you everything I got to give you. I give you your life. I don't know how I'm going to live with myself if I don't stay true to what I believe. With the world so set on tearing itself apart, doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to want to put a little bit of it back together. It's possible they're prodding us to fight among ourselves. This is just a way to force us to work together for once. It's more complicated than that. How is it more complicated? Russia just executed one of their own to keep their secret. Got 21 hours before they start global war. So how do we clarify their intentions? I go back in. City of stars Are you shining just for Did you catch those? So that was Moonlight, Hidden Figures, Manchester by the Sea, Lion, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Arrival, and La La Land. 
I'm so happy to have Sasha Stone of Awards Daily here with us again, and no one does it better during awards season than you. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, what a what a very nice thing to say. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So I just wanted to say that based on, on one of our talks last year, when you explained the preferential ballot voting system, um, which was sort of new to me, that you actually vote for films, you put the, uh, the Oscars for Best Picture, you put them in a one, two, three order. I actually won our Oscars. Oscar pool last year. I picked Spotlight over Revenant, thinking of what you had told me. (laughs) Good job. That's great. Amazing. I wish I had. Oh, you had? I chickened out at the last minute. I knew I I had done these experiments with uh, the preferential ballot and I kept hearing in my head, spotlight, spotlight, spotlight. I just, I just thought it was, I knew it was going to win, but I kept sticking with the big short only because, which seems stupid now, but um, because of the producers guild. And I thought, okay, it won there. So oh, maybe so you, what weren't, I was, you weren't even on the revenant. You were on the big short. Oh yeah. No, no. I knew that the revenant would not win. Okay. It couldn't. It, it was like, it was impossible for that movie to win on the preferential ballot, but it would, it could have been the other two. Um, but spotlight, made the most sense because everybody liked it. Nobody hated it. And people who put it at number one, people who didn't put it at number one, they often put it at number two. Exactly. So even if the Revenant won on the first round, Spotlight more than made up for it on the second round. Right, right. That's so. That's exactly my thinking. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate. Um, finally, it's, it's been six years since I won our Oscar pool. So I, was, <laughs> I, right. I, I owe it all to you. But do you see this situation this year happening? Is there anyone that? Uh, I don't really. No, I, I wouldn't bet on it. I mean, I think that there's a tiny, tiny chance that we could see a surprise, but the stats. Unlike The Revenant, the stats don't back it up, you know, because The Revenant had, uh, I mean, I look at the Oscar race from, from different angles, right? You have to look at what's happening in town, what people are talking about. You have to look at, you know, how people respond to the front runner, And you have to look at what it's won so far. And The Revenant did not win the Producers Guild, and it wasn't even nominated for the SAG Ensemble. And it had really divisive reviews. So that told me that it couldn't win on a preferential. It could have won on a different kind of ballot, on a, just a five. It could have easily won that. But with a preferential, it doesn't reward passion. It doesn't reward a surge. It rewards general like and love and no hate. Right. So. And that's La La Land. Yeah, well, sort of. I mean, La La Land has a little bit of a backlash happening, and and that could give it some problem, but I wouldn't bet on it, because it's won the Producers Guild and the Directors Guild. It didn't get nominated for the SAG Ensemble, which, from a stats perspective, is not a good thing. It's not a good thing, because it's you have to go all the way back to Braveheart in 1995 to find a year where a Best Picture winner did not have that. But everybody's saying that they think that that stat which I've relied on and relied on last year um, is going down this year. I mean, they, they only last until they don't last, you know, and this will be the year probably that, but if there is another movie called out on Oscar night, then that, that will tell me that's the reason why, because if a movie is heading into Oscar season as a number one favorite, it should be right at the top of the pile. Like if I could have bet anything coming out of Telluride, I would have said La La Land is getting a, an ensemble nomination. I would have bet $100 on that because I never would have thought that actors wouldn't vote for a movie about actors. That's like a love letter to acting. And, you know, I just couldn't believe it. People said, oh, well, it's a two-hander. It's only two. 
But that didn't argument doesn't make sense because they've picked movies in the past that have only had a couple of people. And they've even picked movies that have totally unknown stars in them, you know. But if something will would are you seeing it be hidden figures or moonlight? See, that's the problem is that it's not like last year. There aren't three movies competing for the top prize. Like last year we had Spotlight one, SAG, um, Revenant one, DGA, and Big Short one, PGA. But this year, La La Land has SAG, I mean, has um, PGA and DGA, but it also has BAFTA. And so I think the combination of those might make it unbeatable. And so what La La Land has to do is it has to win in the first round. It has to come in with an overwhelming number of votes so that it doesn't trigger a recount. If it triggers a recount, it's possible that a film like Moonlight with more number two votes might overtake it. That's, you know. So I'm thinking in terms of the experiment I just did online with these movies, the only one that beat La La Land in the first round was Moonlight. And that just could be my followers on Facebook. Maybe they're more Moonlight friendly, you know. Um, but it also could be that there's a lot of goodwill for a movie that didn't really have an Oscar campaign, but people just really love it and nobody hates it. Like nobody hates Moonlight, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and that's why I'm thinking hate. it's sort of a spotlight, um, since there is this backlash you're talking about. Mm-hmm. A little bit. It's a little bit of a backlash. I don't know that it'll make much of a difference. Like, it hasn't so far. So um, I'm predicting La La Land. I don't see any reason to not predict it right now. But I'm just saying, like, if if Moon, if another movie is called it, I, I see it as being either hidden figures or moonlight the preferential ballot makes it harder to split the vote you know people always say well they're going to split the vote but it does push a different movie to the number one like let's say people want to vote for hidden figures and then they so they put that at number one but they really like la la land so hidden figures gets their number one vote but la la land gets their second vote because they really loved it but they don't want to put it at number one you know, and then a lot of people put La La Land at their number one. So I feel like the more, you know, no matter how it'll you it'll be up there. Yeah, yeah, I think it will. I do. I think that it has enough overall love to push it to the top of the ballot. I'm not seeing the same kind of hate that Revenant has. No. But what know? about the talk, sort of, that this is a kind of a serious year, considering the election? That, that La La Land just seems a little bit too light, considering how we're feeling um, in the country and and so forth. Do you think politics will play any role? I personally don't. I mean, I know a lot of people are thinking that, and I think if there was another movie that was a an alternative that made people feel a little more like they were doing it, you know, they were. Um, somehow expressing from the Academy's point of view, some sort of protest, you know, in a way like a movie that, I mean, that was my problem with Lola Land is I, I wished as much as I love the movie and I do love it. I wished that it was a different movie winning this year mm-hmm. because I really want, we feel like we're in this resistance, this fight against Donald Trump and everybody wants everything to be an expression of that. Um, and, and I think they're trying to make La La Land that. They're trying to say, like, their message in the advertising is, you know, movies cross all borders and, you know, they don't have any enemies and we love everybody and art saves lives no matter where you come from. That's mm-hmm. what they're trying they're to doing stand up for art, you know, because Donald Trump is trying to kill art. And that's all they really needed to do is to give people you know, an option to say, okay, I really love La La Land, but I don't want to vote for it because it's not that important. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, it is important because art is important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So then they go ahead and vote for it. You know, the, the publicity team behind La La Land is the same team behind Spotlight, and they're really, 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 really good. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> um, last year, when we talked a lot about you and I about the Oscars So White, um, what kind of changes did the Academy make um, from last year to now? Well, they, they added, a, um, you know, 600 new members, and a lot of them are mostly, you know, women and women of color. And, um, it still doesn't really change the overall percentage of the Academy. Some oh, people doesn't? are saying not really, it doesn't change it the way it would need to change to reflect, for instance, the SAG, the screen, screen actors guild SAG after mm-hmm. is very diverse. It's the most diverse of all the guilds. That's why you see, you know, a lot of people of color winning this year. It was Denzel Washington and Mar Hershala Ali and Viola Davis and hidden figures. You know, Emma Stone was the only white person who won that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not going to see that in the rest of the industry because it is still very much like 70, 80% white and male. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate because this is a, an historic year for, um, films about the african-american experience there yeah, are three great movies in the race and that's never happened yeah it's never happened so it's amazing to me that it happened at all and um i would love to see that reflected in some of the oscars people say well you know viola davis is winning supporting yeah she is and maybe marshall ali will win or maybe dev patel will win in supporting mm-hmm. and denzel washington might win in best actor but casey affleck might win there too so mm-hmm. And Barry Jenkins could win screenplay, you know. So it 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 feels to me like you know an ordinary year um, in terms of how the winning winners are going to be chosen, and it's not an ordinary year in terms of how the nominees were chosen. And I really feel like we can't go by this year without noticing that and without highlighting it and telling and showing people like what a difference it made when, when there was a boycott and there was, you know, a hashtag and, and I, you know, the Academy made the changes and the, and the critics and the bloggers, they opened up their perspectives more so that they would let in movies that they probably wouldn't have otherwise. So you do think that this it has something to do with that movement, so to speak? I think so, because I don't think, I've never thought that the fault was with the films or the filmmakers. To me, the fault was always with the people judging the movies and mm-hmm. uh, they're white so they like stories about white people. You know, they relate to them. That tells them who they are. Hollywood is in it for the art. You know, like that's who they are. And they, they like movies that tell people who they are. And that's what La La Land is. So, you know, it gets frustrating year after year to have to watch that mm-hmm. because it's like there is a bigger world out there. <laughs> there are more people. There are other things to consider besides the bubble of the industry. But um, that's just how it works. That's how the game is played. So I do think that they opened up their, you know, their, their doors a little bit to let other filmmakers into the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it'll totally change the Oscars. I think next year it'll probably just go back to business as usual. Oh, okay. But, and before we get into some, some predictions, I want to, cause this year we have the Trump travel ban, which has, for example, affected the Iranian director of salesman in the foreign language category, he wrote an excellent letter saying that even if there would be a change in the BAM, that he would not attend the Oscars in protest. So do you think that that will have any resonance on the nominees and the winners and the gala itself? I think it could. I mean, a Salesman is a really good movie. Um, I think that the 
the Academy changed the voting for the for the uh, foreign language. Uh, it used to be that you could only vote if you saw all the movies. But I think it's changed to where now you can vote even if you haven't seen the movies. It's they call it the honor system. So oh, that no, means that's that terrible. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, I have to double check that, but I'm I'm pretty sure they changed it. And it used to be you have to watch all the movies. And if that's still the case, I think that um, either that one could win, or um, I think a man called Ove could. Yeah, win. that's our horse in the race here from Sweden. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that movie yeah. so much. I loved it so much. I saw it late, but I just thought, wow, that is one of the best movies I've seen this year. I loved it. So if it was me and I was choosing, as much as I loved The Salesman, and I, I would pick that one for sure, like no question about it. But. And that, but I don't know that people are going to pick that unless they sit and watch all the movies, you know, because they, they won't know how good it is unless they see it all the way through. And so you mean in that case, they'll pick the salesman because of a sort of solidarity. I think that's what people, right. I think that's what the general feeling is, that it's going to be the salesman. That's what Scott Feinberg is saying, a Hollywood reporter. And um, Tony Erdman could still win. You know, it just has a lot of buzz and it's a female director and they might want to honor it because of that, you know. But that seemed to have all the buzz, but then that just disappeared and suddenly it was Uwe and, and, and the salesman and you hardly, it sort of what I was gathering, it felt like Tony Erdman was yeah. the one to beat, but then when it seemed like it just disappeared, but maybe that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, it, you know, the, the, it's definitely, Tony Erdman's definitely a critic's movie, you know, it's, um, but the salesman and and, uh, and Uwe are like more, universal stories you know that everybody can watch and and relate to especially uva that movie is so good it's so funny and sad and sweet and i just couldn't believe how good it was (laughs) but it felt like that tony erdman people that they sort of got under the that by announcing jack nicholson and kirsten kristen wig in the remake it felt like they were doing that right ahead of the voting (laughs) yeah and i think that's you know the funny thing is is i think that the salesman and Tony Erdman are the same studio. So I think for them, it's a win-win. So I don't know that that's the case. Um, But I mean, I'm pretty sure they're both Sony Pictures classics. Mm -hmm. So for them, they're happy if either one wins. I'm not sure who's handling the the man called Ove. Music Box? Is that... Yeah, music like, box, mm, right, mm. right, right. But I do think that if if people the, the people voting see them all, I think that that's the one that's going to win. But but I think that that uh, the one place they can show their support for the resistance against Trump is it could be in foreign language. So they might just pick that one to get somebody on stage to say shame on you, Mr. Trump. Right, right. <laughs> is there anywhere else you see this resist? I mean, we have, during the award season, we've seen Meryl Streep give her incredible speech, and, and a few, even at the SAGs, Marshall Ali gave an incredible speech. Do you think we'll be seeing a lot of that type of politics? And, and Well, I, I mean, not from the La La Land crew. That They are not political so far. I mean, the most that they can say is, you know, art, saves lives that's all they've got but um and they're not really being political at the mic because they don't really want to ruffle any feathers and so the front runners and i understand that but you know um i can't imagine anybody getting up there and not saying something well okay denzel washington will say something if he gets up there viola davis might say something um but it's not like you know 
Casey Affleck's going to, you know, he's too humble. He's just not that kind of person that's going to do that. You know, he's not that guy. Emma Stone's not going to. She hasn't yet. I should know she wants to. I know that's what her beliefs are, but she, I should probably won't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and Damien Chazelle is just too freaked out by everything to say anything political. Like to him, poor guy, he looks shell shocked. Like, he just can't. <laughs> he can't believe this He's is happening. So young. Must, <laughs> He's so young, and it's so surreal to be in the awards race. Like it's surreal for anyone, but for someone that young and brand new, he must be like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever got. <laughs> You know, it's like um, Stardust Memories, uh, the Woody Allen movie. But, but, you know, in the short films, they're all really political. And if any of those win, like the one about Syrian refugees is 4.1 miles. Um, I don't know actually if they're from Syria, but there are these refugee children being pulled on boats and some of them are unconscious. I mean, it's really hard to watch. Um, And then there's, there's Fire at Sea in the dock category, which it won't beat OJ. But um, but the the document you know the shorts do have some political stuff going on in them, and so those I bet those winners, which nobody will pay attention to, will say political things. They're the ones that will. Um, I think there's going to be a chance that some people will go off script. Some of the presenters will go off script and say something, a message. I mean, you see that every so often in the Oscar race, right? Like you saw right. Kim Basinger say something about do the right thing and. Michael Moore, you know, shame on you, Mr. Bush, that famous speech. And so I think that, you know, you're probably going to see that. I will be really disappointed if no one says right, anything. Right, me too. <laughs> they, yeah. Now they have their chance. And what about the, we've had all the Guild Awards, or most of them. I think it's just the Writers Guild left, right, uh-huh. um, as we're speaking here. But has anything really surprised you before we get into the predictions? Something that you were like, What? No, unfortunately, I wish. Um, you know, I do wish that it was the only thing that surprised me was La La Land not getting a SAG ensemble. Like that, that was to me really surprising as far as this race goes. It's supposed to be like The Artist or, you know, Slumdog Millionaire or any of these other movies. They all have that mm-hmm. ensemble, you know. And Slumdog Millionaire won ensemble, you know. So, um, I was kind of surprised that at cinematography, there's another Swede um, that Lina that Lion won over Lina Sangren in the cinematography guild. Um, um, even though I think Lion was great, the, the cinematography in La La Land is really something special, and everyone's sort of saying that he'll win the Oscar. Yeah, I think he will. Um, that was surprising. I, I, you know, I sort of wonder if like La La Land and um, uh, Moonlight didn't split the American cinematographers. And I, I wonder if, if something like that, I, I think that people are underestimating Moonlight a little bit mm-hmm. because it's not really doing well. And it, you know, it didn't win the, uh, um, it didn't win the producer's guild, like people thought it would or might. And so I think that people, it didn't win the SAG ensemble, like people thought it would or might. And so, but I still think, just judging from my experiment that I did, you know, it looks like there's still a lot of love for it. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if La La Land doesn't sweep and that in some of the categories like cinematography, maybe, although I think it'll win that, but mm-hmm. um, production design, you know, there are costumes, there are places where it's either going to sweep and win everything or they're going to divide it up, you know, and I think that that lion winning cinematography there shows that that is possible. But you do think that it'll take, most likely La La Land will take cinematography at the Oscars. Um, 
I do, don't you? I do, I do. I Just in particular, I think that the work that Lena Sangin has did there is particularly interesting that they worked with the natural light and, you know, musical numbers. It was something quite extraordinary <laughs> um, and then something different that, that I thought it was unbeatable. I, I did too, actually. I think it was unbeatable because that guy did a lot of handheld stuff. Yeah. And a, and a lot of really experimental cinematography stuff that you and don't often see. a lot of stuff see. in one take. I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff in one take and that opening dance number. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that alone should have won him cinematography. And I'm not saying Lion isn't gorgeous, but it's more traditional and more beautiful and, and, and sort of scenic. But it doesn't have these sort of, you know, and the colors in La La Land. So I, I thought it was just it surprised me. Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, the that was surprising. I had there had to be some sort of split vote thing going on there. But also Lion is is also really well loved more so than people think. Like that's why I think Dev Patel won the BAFTA and so did the screenplay there. I don't know if that's going to translate to the Academy or not, but every Academy member that I've talked to, like the guys, they all love lion. Right. Right. So I would watch for that to maybe win a few, but the Brits in particular have of course a, a very historical um, relationship with India. So it seems like that movie would resonate and feel very important to them even more than maybe of the other films that we have here. Yeah, right, right. Maybe, maybe. The movies are so good this year. I mean, when we're talking La La Land, Lion, Moonlight, Hidden Figures, it just it just feels like it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to predict things because you don't know how the Academy is. But this year, it's like, I don't even, I mean, that would be, it'd be wonderful if cinematography won for Moonlight too. I thought it was gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it was. Um, that's the funny thing. Like, I don't understand it either. I feel like I've never felt sort of so lost heading into the Oscar race as I do this year because there's so many forces all at once, right? There's a seeming front runner. There's a little bit of a backlash happening against it. There's Trump, which is like, you know, a global <laughs> catastrophe, yes. something we've never experienced in our country before. There's, uh, you know, Oscar's so white. There's a historical year for black cinema in the Oscar nominations, there's new members added in that we've never seen before, like young filmmakers that could change the vote. You know, when we predict the Oscars, we're basing it on Oscar history. And the reason that that is easy to do most of the time is because their demographic never changed. It's always been the same for decades. It's the same kind of person. So these new people, how is that going to change the vote? You know, uh, it's just, it's interesting to me. Like the Academy is, could be very different from what we've seen so far. They could be very different. And the BAFTA was all over the place. You know, like La La Land still won there, but like all these other movies won all these really weird awards that nobody expected. So if the Academy is like that, then it is going to be a really hard to predict night. And that's going to be like. interesting though. And, and, and a needed change if that would be the case. Yeah. But like. That change, you know, it could make a difference. It might not at all. You know, La La Land might be so overwhelming that, I mean, we're assuming that all those new members, you know, because they're people of color, might vote for movies with people of color in them, you know. Um, but that might not be the case. They might also just be completely in love with La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Well, let's that's talk why I feel lost. 
this right. year. I don't know what to do. All I can do is predict from the stats, from what I know about stats. And that's the way I would go is I just would predict La La Land for all the major categories. So picture, director, actress. Oh, you think Emma um, Stone will, will take it over? Yeah. yeah. And you don't yes, think Meryl Streep after her speech and everything? I don't think so. Not Meryl Streep. I mean, if anybody, it would be Isabel Huppert, but... Um, but I think I think that Emma Stone is the reason why La La Land is a good movie. So mm-hmm. I think she's going to win because of that. I've always thought that she was going to win. And nothing's ever really made me think any different. So, yeah, I think she's going to win. And she won the SAG. Right. Best actor is a little bit harder to predict. Because that can't between... be Ryan Gosling, though, can it? Well, I mean, that would mean that they really, really loved this movie. But um, but I don't think so. I don't think I think he's the weak link. But I think that um, the Denzel and, and Casey could split the vote, and it could be somebody like Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge. That's oh. a possibility. That happened with Adrian Brody and the pianist. Like uh, that night, we had all been predicting Chicago to win everything, and and all of a sudden, the pianist changed. Like the pianist won adapted screenplay, and it won director. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chicago still won best picture, but it didn't win those other awards. So. Um, like let's say Hacksaw Ridge becomes suddenly the big thing, then then Mel Gibson it wins screenplay, it wins actor, and it wins director. Like, wouldn't that be weird? That would be weird. So um, <laughs> it would be. I don't think that's happening, but you never know. Uh-huh. But uh, I'm just going to stick with Denzel because he won the SAG. So I'm going to go with that, and then and supporting? Uh, supporting supporting Viola Davis can't lose. Yeah, uh, supporting actor is tough. Because it's it's between it it it, it is Marshall Ali probably mm-hmm. probably he'll win that, but Dev mm-hmm. Patel it, for Lion as much as a very strong performance it's almost a lead so so it's between um, Moonlight and Lion on that one you think pretty much I think yeah I think I think a screenplay I think original will go to Manchester by the Sea and I think that adapted will go to Moonlight oh you don't think La La Land will take screenplay for original. I'd be very shocked if it did, but it might, it might. If, if you, you know, I remember heading into the Slumdog Millionaire year, I didn't know it was going to sweep the entire awards. You know, it won everything. So if you're talking about that kind of love, then yeah, it's going to win that. It's going to win every award it's up for, and it's going to win a record number of Oscars. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm not feeling that, but I could be wrong. I was wrong about Slumdog Millionaire. So I could be wrong about it. I mean, I knew it was going to win a lot of Oscars. I just didn't think it was going to win every Oscar. Right. Well, I think Manchester by the Sea is an incredible script, so that's fine by me. But um, yeah, And Adapted, you have a bunch of great movies there, Moonlight, Lion, Hidden Figures, Fences, and Arrival. But you're going with Moonlight. I'm going with Moonlight, but, but that is a toss-up. Mm-hmm. Anything could win there. Lion could win. Um, you know, anything could win, so... And what about original score and song? Is that just La La Land? Yeah, it can't lose there. But it, I mean, it would be nice if, if uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda could win for Moana uh, because he's such a genius, but I don't think that he will. I think City of Stars will win. And that'll get him an EGOT if he wins. Yeah, yeah. he got that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he's probably not going to. No. I would love it if he did. Now, there's someone who would give a great speech. Oh my That's God. the guy. If he got on stage, you would remember that speech for the rest of your life. Right, right. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and you don't think the lo- two La La Lands will sort of cancel each other out? 
the fact that there's Some people two are saying they will yeah um, and it's true because they're both really good songs mm. and emma stone performs audition and it's really good but i people are like not that hard to predict when they get into a big consensus vote. They just sort of go along with it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think everybody knows that City of Stars is the one that's been winning, and so that's why I think they'll pick that. The score is so good for La La Land. It can't lose. It's just so beautiful. It's right, the, right. To me, the best thing about the movie is the score. Right, right. It's amazing. And you mentioned you thought OJ would win documentary. That's what everyone seems to be saying. And, and animated seems locked for Zootropia. Do you think so? Well, I don't know. I mean, the Kubo and the Two Strings, I've been having this sort of weird instinct that it might win there because um, it is so breathtaking. I don't know if you've seen it. But I have. I have. With my, it's yeah. amazing. I don't really like the story, but I like the animation. Um, well, this is Tropia's story is so good in this day and age yeah. in some way. <laughs> it really is. It's very politically relevant. And also the Disney has a lock has a lock on the Academy. Like <clears throat> they really do have a lot of Disney members in there. So they tend to vote for Disney. And, and so it's sort of hard to break that, but, um, but I don't know. We'll see that that's an interesting one. And that's a potential upset. And costume design. That's the one I think La La Land will lose. And I think it'll lose to Jackie because Jackie's is so pretty. And I think they want to give Jackie something and that's where they'll, award it for, for costumes for those beautiful Jackie Kennedy dresses and film editing. I'm is always a tough one for me. Yeah. Either, I know it's a tough one. Well, I mean the BAFTA gave it to Hacksaw Ridge, which was really weird, mm -hmm. but, um, and it has great editing. It's just that <clears throat> editing generally goes along with best picture, best director. So I would say La La Land probably takes that. Mm -hmm. Um, it has a lot of competition with some really, really good movies. And if they want to award a rival for something, because it has all those nominations, they might award it there. Um, the sound categories, I think that uh, I think that you could see some Hacksaw Ridge action happening there. Right, because it's the most bullets, right? That's the... <laughs> yeah, loud most bullets. So maybe sound editing. Um, but then, again, you have to always remember... If it's La La Land sweeping, it's going to take all these categories. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to take sound. It's going to take sound editing. I mean, maybe not sound editing, but um, it's just going to come down to how much they love the movie. Like the BAFTAs clearly didn't love it as much as people thought they did. Like mm -hmm. they liked it a lot and they gave it their top prize. But they also awarded enough movies to show that they really liked others. Right. You know, and that they, they were just going to go La La Land, eight, ten Oscars, or BAFTAs. There were, like, five BAFTAs. That's fine, you know. Right. But the BAFTAs, you, you, you refer to them, they, they, even though it's sort of a British prize, you, they, they have a, um, a bearing, you still say, on, on the Oscars. Well, I think because there are a lot of crossover voters. There are a lot of British Academy members now. And because British people keep winning. <laughs> so, right. Um, but I think that... Uh, BAFTA picked Revenant last year and they picked Boyhood the year before. So they're not totally 100% reliable in terms of predicting. They, you know, what I know people use them for is to show a specific trend or an uptick. And they showed an uptick for Lion. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why people have to think seriously about Lion. They, they, the BAFTAs gave their supporting actor prize to Mark Rylance last year. And then he oh, ended won. up winning the Oscar. Yeah. They always seem to have their show, the BAFTAs, like the day before the nomination or the, the ballots have to be done too, right? Or handed out or something like that, the Oscars. That's right. And I think that um, 
that's happened with the Golden Globes because the ballots for nomination ballots went out right after the Golden Globes. And that's when La La Land swept every category. So I think that did influence how they picked it for nominations and why it ended up with 14. I think that, that the, the buzz for it was at an all-time high right after the Golden Globes, as sometimes happens. Right. And so any backlash that happens to a movie, for instance, The Revenant won the Globe and then it won BAFTA. And it was the same as La La Land. It was writing high. And I think Boyhood, too, actually. Mm. But then Birdman won the Guilds, and so then it won the Oscar. Um, and last year, uh, obviously, the Guilds were all mixed up, and Spotlight ended up winning. So, But La La Land feels more secure to me, more mm. locked than those two movies. Uh, it doesn't feel like a year that there's going to be a split. It feels like it's going to be just united all the way down the line, and some other movies will win. You know, last year, uh, Mad Max won six Oscars. Yeah. And I think a lot of people thought The Revenant was going to win a lot of those. And so that was surprising to people. So figuring out if there is another movie that's going to take home a lot of Oscars, which one's it going to be? Is it going to be a rival? Is a rival going to win sound? And is it going to win editing? And, you know, is it going to take home a whole bunch of Oscars nobody thought it would? You know, it's possible. I love Arrival. So, I mean, and I think a lot of people do. It just it came out quite early, it feels like. Yeah, it did. And it's it's not a general audience. I mean, it's 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 a complicated movie and, and it is divisive. So, but I think they might want to award it. I don't know. And I mean, it's just that's why I say like I feel really lost this year. I don't feel like anything is really strong up against La La Land right now and um it just seems like the fix is in and it's going to win and that's that, you know. And we, the last one we have before the, the bigger ones is, is production design. And is that seems like La La Land also, right, with the Hollywood sets and all that. I thought they were beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, I do too, but I don't know. I, that's the one part where I'm not sure that that's going to win. Like, again, if it's a sweep and they love it, it will win. But I think, and I think that there are other movies that might win there, but like Fantastic Beasts won the BAFTA. So mm. it might win the Oscar and... Or a rival could win that, you know, uh, or La La Land. I mean, it just depends. Like, <laughs> if it if, if they really love it, it's going to win everything. If they don't, it's going to be more like what we saw at the BAFTAs where it's kind of mixed up. Right, right. And best director and best picture, that you do think is a lock. I do. Even I though, even though they don't lock. sweep, even though there wouldn't be all the sweep you're talking about and they would award there, it'll still be Chazelle and, and Best Picture. La La Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I think Chazelle can't lose, I don't mm -hmm. think. But a picture is still the preferential ballot. So, you know, there's always a chance for an upset there. Always. But um, the way the preferential ballot works is that it's hard to sweep because they have so many Best Picture nominees and, and the Academy by default likes to award films that are up for Best Picture. So if there's only five, it's easier for them to give a sweep and that's why with um, with the preferential ballot and all the years that they've done it, with this expanded Best Picture slate, which is more than five, you don't only have the most any film has ever won is eight. Mm -hmm. And that was Gone with the Wind in 1939. Oh, wow. In the modern era, because in 1945, they changed it to five. And then it went all the way to 2009 as five nominees. And then it expanded to ten. Since 2009, the film that's won the most is only The Hurt Locker, which won six. So everybody who's been predicting La La Land to win more than, say, eight, six or eight, um, is predicting it to make Oscar history, which it might do. Mm -hmm. you know. But 
but the more likely scenario, I didn't even want to say that because I don't want to give the impression that I don't think it could sweep because mm -hmm. I do. I think it's a 50, 50 shot here that it could. Um, they're doing a really good job selling that message, you know, and if, if that message resonates with people, if they really do feel like they're fighting for art, then it might do a lot better than it would otherwise. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I'm predicting eight at the most, just because of history, because of stats, because I tend to stick with that. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking, okay, but I sort of feel like it could win between, it's either going to win between six and eight, or it's going to win a lot mm -hmm. and it's going to totally shatter all records, you know, and it'll win like 11 Oscars. Right, but right. Um, And people like records, so. <laughs> they do. It's just never happened with preferential ballot. And, but that doesn't mean it won't happen. It just means it has never happened. Right, so. right. Well, Sasha, thank you again. Oh, thank you so much. That's so great. Thank you. Thank you so much to Sasha Stone and good luck with your ballots this Sunday. Let us know your predictions and thoughts and I'll let you know mine on Twitter, podpopculture or popcultureconfidential.com. And follow us on Instagram as well. There's a whole bunch of information on upcoming shows and such. This show was edited by Tom Hansen, theme music by Carl Boy, and produced by René Wittestedt and myself. I'm Christina Jörling-Biro. Thank you so much. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.